The content is universal, the values, the outlook, and the mindset of real women. Women in the cities are craving this. And so yeah. we're now looking at how can we bring these stories, these mindset, these voices, these attributes of what it means to be a trailblazer through these stories to women everywhere, no matter where they live. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses, all while cultivating the rural lifestyles they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship, grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know-how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So whether you're rural, rural-hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer podcast. We're talking today about how we launched Trailblazer, a now international print magazine. And man, it's going to be a cool story to share. I love talking about how we started. So this yeah. story, we've divided this story into three sections. The first one being the roots. How did the idea of this magazine even start? And as Jen mentioned, it started actually years ago. So we're going to go over that story. And then second, we're going to talk about the work because this has been <laughs> the single most heaviest workload, project, business, anything that we've ever committed to creating. And so we want to talk about how we initially launched it, how it went, and then also how it's going into the future. And then the third section is the future of yeah. Trailblazer and where we are now looking back. We're now currently 13 issues in and the future is looking very bright for Trailblazer in ways that we're expanding. And yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah. so we just wanted to break it down into the three sections. So before we get going, if you've never heard of Trailblazer, Trailblazer is a keepsake print magazine. It's premium paper, premium cover incredibly immersive photography. We're so lucky to work with the yeah. scale of photographers that we do, as well as contributors. So Trailblazer is all about bringing to life the stories, lifestyle, and businesses of rural women doing incredible things across North America. Yeah. And if you have not purchased a copy of Trailblazer yet, you're going to by the time you hear about this story and why it's so important. And that's the why of why we're sharing these stories. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're mother daughter that just kind of, it didn't fall into our lap. We seized it. <laughs> it did not fall into our lap. <laughs> uh, we had to connect the dots and stepping stones every part of the way. I just want to show, for those of you who can see this on video, this was the magazine that we bought in 2008 mm -hmm. that had really inspired us. And, and what was so amazing, because we'd never seen a magazine that had uh, a good quality cover and paper in between. And uh, Aaron and I, like we used to buy it regularly, said we will never. It was our treat. It was yeah. our treat, wasn't it? And yeah. we will never cut pictures out of this for vision boards because no. it's just too beautiful. It should be left 
as a keepsake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the magazine Where Women Create planted that seed for us, but not really in the way that we were collecting these magazines all those years. And it's not like we openly had conversations of one day we'll start a magazine. One day we'll start a magazine. It wasn't like that. So no, we're going to hop into, it's called a create book. And we're going to be talking a lot more about this later, but we have piles of blank journals and notebooks where they're not blank anymore they're not blank anymore where we've compiled the threads and evolution of our businesses and our and ideas who we are what we need as women and business women what we need our days to look like this whole compilation and we actually created this Mm -hmm. method and it's called create booking this is cool for us to flip through because what's the date of the page that we've got open here yeah it's december 22nd 2010 so you know we're talking 13 plus years ago now. And the notation on that day, and I just want to read it to you. I'd written the past 10 days, we've had time to reflect, talk, let things percolate. And here's what we're thinking and feeling now. So we were working on defining this brand that we were calling Prairie Girl Lifestyle, which now has transformed and metamorphosized into Trailblazer the the values, the skills, the competencies of what we call trailblazer. And we wrote, we're starting to see a bigger picture rather than quickly deciding on products that we could make or sell immediately. So we'd been going through this assessment phase and thinking and letting things incubate. And we wrote that we wanted to have a signature product to launch. It's about something that we both love and we're still exploring it. So we started talking about a book, but we said, which books are static. Once they're written, they're written. Or we would love to have a magazine because there could be renewing life going into it. And, and given that we're, yeah. we're, we're such creative people, we, we love that feeling of continually creating. That's why yeah. a magazine appealed to us. Because like you said, it would be a constant rebirth. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah. The main skill sets that Aaron and I were bringing to the table as we work together is I like to write and I like to develop ideas and content, whether that flows into curriculum or whatever. And Aaron has this design ability and the ability to create like messages through visuals and lay things out in a way that hit you. And so we knew those things about ourselves. And so we were just dreaming big do a magazine someday. Yeah. Yeah. So that was December 22nd, 2010. And so we went on to create many different businesses, many different offerings, some of our business names, Prairie Girl Goods, Prairie Girl Outpost. But we had started Mm -hmm. this developing this archetype of what a trailblazer was. When would you say? What year? Well, it was in 2010, 2011. The trailblazer archetype that we revisited was 2015. Okay, 2015. So yeah, that's seven, eight years ago where it resurfaced again. So, and the reason why we're sharing this is because you never know when, when the right time is for your idea. So years later, after launching Trailblazer... I had actually completely forgotten that we sat down and wrote this mm-hmm. as a secret dream kind of, of ours notation. to have this. Yeah, because we went on to, to collect Where Women Create and all these other coffee table magazines and kind of went different paths and how it came about to launch Trailblazer. 
happened really fast. And I think that's attributed to perhaps planting this seed or this intention back in 2010 and then having to go out and develop the skills to be able to pull this puppy off. Yeah. And in that's, the time frame that we did. That's <laughs> where I want to go and say is yeah. that <clears throat> sometimes we can have a big dream or an idea and there there's often lag time between being the actual person ready. with the ability yes. ready to take that dream out into the world. Two th- in 2010, there's no way we could have done it. We just weren't there. We weren't there in our mindset. We weren't there in our confidence. Yeah. yeah. And so those are personal attributes, skill set. Obviously, our skills have developed through the years, but not to the degree that we had to shift mindset and big picture thinking and showing up in a lot of different ways. So I just want to say that you might be holding on to an idea or dream that you had many years ago, and maybe you need to revisit and saying, am, am I now the person capable of taking that out of the world? Yeah. Because it might be your time. That the And I want to read on the very bottom of that page that I was just reading from, and that I had written, nothing comes across our awareness by mistake. It all means something. And I still think that is true. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to the signs. So anyways, and write it down. Onto our story. Write it yeah. down. Onto our story. Okay, so fast forward, 2020. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jan- was literally this time of year, four years ago, we were saying, okay, what are we going to do with our business? We had reached the point with designing and developing and writing websites for people that we were just looking for a change. And as we talked more, I don't even know what made the idea surface. Well, eggs. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll tell this story. So if you don't know, we've got about 40, 50 laying hens and I sell eggs. And there was a a local Facebook group in the closest town. And I wanted to post a a post that I had an overabundance of eggs if anyone's looking to buy farm fresh eggs. And my post got rejected because we didn't live within city limits. And on my drive home, I'm thinking this is the most ridiculous thing. It's to support local businesses. No farms or ranches are going to be living within city limits. So I got home and I think I was just kind of complaining to you like, how ridiculous is this? And we got talking how many other rural women out there who are offering or have these incredible offerings or cool ideas and businesses that no one knows about. Yeah. And so we got brainstorming. Well, there's a need here. How could we what could we create within our skill set to serve a solution for this need. And so a lot of people don't know, but our Instagram originally, it was a whole other account and it was called the Rural Collective. So we started with, it was a free directory for rural women business owners. And we would reach out to influencers and local businesses, any rural women who wanted their their business known. And we just started profiling them on our Instagram account. And it's actually really cool to look back because those posts are still up there. And the heart and why of what we were doing is still evidence. And I want to add to that, that in terms of time frame, the pandemic had been declared in March. And we looked at that and thought, is that going to affect what we're doing? And there was no in-person meetups or anything attached to it. So we thought, no, let's just go ahead with it. And in in fact, we thought maybe this is as good a time or a really great time to be doing it. Well, well, and it was because even just the profiles 
of Rural Women on our original Instagram account, it was starting this little flame and there was this energy surrounding what we were doing because rural women weren't being acknowledged or celebrated in this way. And so we had the Instagram and directory for a couple months and not soon after, we thought, you know what? This could be the time. Is this the time to launch uh, a print magazine and really drive home the stories and inspiration and know-how of us real women for the world to see? Yeah, because we were starting <laughs> to get insight into the goings-on in these businesses and we were chatting with women and finding out all the things. And so July, we were applying more thoughts to paper. By August, we had a short list of women we were going to connect with. Did a um, mock-up of a cover yeah. and like what potentially the design of it would look like. <laughs> yeah. And so we started emailing or Instagram messaging. And none of these women knew us, probably had ever heard of us. So we, we had maybe like 200 them. followers. We still appreciate that they kind of came on board and played the game with us, so to speak. And gave us the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> so we started, here's the thing, we started doing interviews with them in August, and by October, we were shipping magazines. So let's just tell you what happened in that in-between, because I think back to when we first did the features, we sent them the questions. And then we interviewed them through Zoom call, recorded the Zoom call, didn't take notes. I said, to her, oh, no, I just really want to sit and listen and absorb. So then I had to listen to these one plus hours of interviews all over again, then or stop and write as I went just to take notes. And then the article had to be written. And so this was when, let's see this four years ago. Luca, Aaron's little guy, my grandson, was just one years old. We had no help. Like, I, I, I don't literally don't it. even know how we did that part. I really, I guess it just draw a blank. I have no idea how I, we did it. I think we were so aligned with our why and so passionate about what this could look like, sharing these stories that, like, we, I think we just kind of pushed aside yeah. Um, any the challenges <laughs> because it was extremely like I I don't know we know the workload that it is now mm -hmm. but we were very naive then as to what that workload would be so the speed with which we turned around that first issue and like there was a little bit of magic in there and I think God bless that because we we needed that to launch that first issue in order to to keep going because if it was hard we probably wouldn't have but <laughs> see but we're used to doing hard things so. The other thing that I remember clearly, and from where we're sitting, we uh, we can see our patio and it's full of snow right now. So in August, that would have been a beautiful time of year, a sales rep from a printing company that we were considering working with came out. And I remember us sitting outside and I don't know if we had a beer, just a glass of ice water. I can't recall. That was the first meeting. And we were looking at paper samples and we didn't know even how many pages the magazine was going to ha have. So we gave him a kind of an estimate and he sent us back a quote a few days later. We didn't have the money in our bank account to cover the printing costs. We're just like, okay, so how are we going to solve this one? But we quickly knew we had to work our tushes off to pre-sell. So that was the goal. We were going to pre-sell whatever the print run was. I don't remember what the number was. 
But I remember just at the last minute, literally phoning him and the magazine was just going to go on press. And I think we upped it by 100 or 150 or something and just kind of like breathed in and went with it. So there was there was so much about that that we, we didn't have any experience. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any experience in the publishing industry either. We had no idea what we were getting into. In mm-hmm. our minds, we thought we will fund this magazine through subscriptions. But here's the thing about the publishing industry, which we've learned since, but which is in change right now and it is evolving, is that magazines pay for themselves through their advertising. And <laughs> we hadn't quite considered that. That was not... We didn't know what we didn't know. our radar screen. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know... We yeah. pre-sold. So we left that meeting and saying, okay, oh my God, we're going to make this happen. We went online with the small following that we had yeah. and we pre-sold that first mm-hmm. issue. And I remember sitting right here at this table doing Instagram stories and just we had tears in our eyes just saying thank you thank you for your support thank you for seeing our vision because there was no tangible magazine no prototype to show it was just here's the idea we're going to print with it if you are feeling compelled to read this or buy this please pre-purchase and that started it all even when we got our first print run delivered I we (laughs) sat in our garage in a dark, cold garage, I think we had a Ryan Coke and our red solo cups. And we hand wrote a thank you to every single woman who purchased that first issue on a postcard. And I think, oh, my gosh, because we cannot imagine doing that now. But we were just that was a magical time. I think if you've ever had a startup yeah. and you experience your first your first evidence that we're onto something. Yeah. It's a magical space. And we were onto something. It was starting this thread of representing rural women as the unsung heroes that they are and that people need to know about them. Yeah. And I I can still, I think, back, put myself into that. We didn't even buy the right size envelopes. The envelopes were tight. So it wasn't easy just slide it in. Like every part of it required everything we had to do and so even in our first uh shipping order we just took it to the regular post office in crossfield we had no idea that uh, canada post has a publications rate for volume mailing oh we we missed out on like hundreds of dollars (laughs) through shipping we paid so much more than (laughs) we needed to yeah i think we did that on the second one and then i just remember standing there in the post office the labels being printed off and it was like 4:30 in the afternoon post office closed at 5 and people were coming in to get service and they're just glaring at me because once you start what? printing the labels they can't stop the machine cannot be interrupted so i just that was a there's got to be a better way i said to Aaron, there yeah. has to be yeah and uh, it was why our post office reps didn't mention that you could maybe do some volume mailing i have no idea but anyways we started looking and then the next time when we were going to do our shipping, which would have been the third magazine, we thought just a matter of take them to the depot and drop them off. Little did we know the registration process and the getting this special number. And so we drove around with, with magazines in envelopes ready to be shipped. In the back of my week. car for a week. week. Yeah. Just totally every- stressed out. Oh because as gosh. you know, like we document 
every issue that we get like on Instagram stories we're showing behind the scenes and that was mortifying because we were just embarrassing once once you get the magazines and they're ready to ship like you need to ship them you need to get them out you need to launch it so yeah anyways (laughs) looking back we look at how we were able to expedite and launch our first issue and it was um luck some magic but also the skills and experience that took us how many years to develop so i just want to acknowledge that because i think anyone anyone whose business you see it might look like it just happened so easily but it's all the work to develop the skills and the know-how to do that that took years to be able to do that and i just think that's an important reminder for any of us yeah, and I think a lot of people who talk about goal setting or bringing big dreams to life say, start before you're ready. So were we actually ready? No, we were lacking so much information. We were so naive. We yeah. didn't even know what to ask and who to get the answers from. So were we ready? No, but we had enough passion. Yeah. And we were so convicted with our why yeah. um, that that got us through. So. Yeah. So that's yeah. the only thing yeah. that got us through. So those, those were the early days. Mm-hmm. And what have I got written down here? Naming segments. I mean, for a lot of it, you guys, like the workflow, the workload of the magazine and the coordination of photos and submissions and consents, all that, like it was incredible. And we, we like haphazardly when we first launched, okay, let's do recipes. Let's name it this. Let's do um, skills. Let's call it homegrown. Let's do this and call it these hands of mine, which were inspired by one of our contributions that are now that, you know, now as a regular segments in the magazine, but they were first just kind of like spaghetti thrown at them all. Yeah. Well, let's see what sticks. Yeah. And it's and whether you say it was through intuition that we figured it out or it was just the next best idea that popped into our brains. All we had to do was both agree on it. Sometimes that's a process. Sometimes that's easy as pie. Like, yep, don't that fits that sounds good yeah we had to figure out how to choose a cover choosing a cover that represents you know kind of the archetype that we call trailblazer yeah in the first issue that seemed like an easy one because those pictures of a cattle kate from who lives in saskatchewan she's a leather artist and whatnot that seemed like an easy fit at the time and so let's tell you how we choose a cover because it's a very intuitive process. When we get all the pictures in that are submitted for the current magazine, and that's feature women who send their pictures, contributors, these hands of mine, doesn't matter who it is. We look at all, sit down and look at all the pictures together, which is a lot of pictures. And I am still amazed to this day that it's a gut reflex that Aaron and I both seem to hit on at the same time. And we'll almost say it immediately at the same time. That's the one. So yeah, it's that energy. It's that embodiment of confidence and grit and resilience. I mean, on the front cover, it's resilient, gutsy, rural women. And it's we find that photo that best describes that. And I think the funniest thing is for the first, what, 10 issues, we would always pick 
a woman whose expression was really stoic. And I remember, I think it was winter, one of our winter issues with Hadley. That was the first cover that we'd ever put out where someone had a smile and she was smiling and it was so awesome. And I love that cover so much. So we've evolved too over the, over the years and over the the issues. What Countless ways. (laughs) Countless ways. Yeah, totally. One thing that Mm. might surprise you is because we had started from scratch on Instagram, we weren't drawing from a really huge community to help with our pre-sales. So we had to work so hard at pre-selling. And when we were pre-selling, it was going towards paying for that current print run. And our print run grew and our community grew right beside it. But what a lot of people don't know is that for the first two years of Trailblazer, we had launched our business membership. We were launching Trailblazer every three months. It's a quarterly print magazine. And we were also taking on full-time, full-on website clients Mm -hmm. to offset the costs of printing because we still hadn't figured out how typically magazines thrive and are sustainable, which is through ads. So we offset that by websites. So I I wrote down the word burnout because... Like I it kind of it's a blur. And I think the the workload that we had on us was incredible. And so, yeah, we did what we had to do. And we were designing full websites for clients, which we'd been doing for years to offset the cost. So I think that is an important thing to note, too, that don't ever glamorize or think that we're just sitting here designing and laughing all day. And it's been a lot of a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. I just want to pop that bubble. And I just want to say we have a, a team of three. So Erin, me, and Kim, yep. our virtual assistant. Well, she's the project manager for yeah. the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Started as virtual assistant. Yeah. And so Kim handles and puts into the right place all the submissions that we get, whether it's the text or photos, bios, et cetera, et cetera. Now, most magazines do not have teams of three. They have teams of 10 and 20. So, you know, I just want to say, and, and not to glamorize it, we do work hard. And I think Maybe because the magazine was really born out of this passion that we both had. I'm thinking perhaps maybe we treat it like you would treat a child if you were a parent. Like you signed up for this. You have roles and responsibilities to take care of and you just do it. And so we we do. We just do it. It's still surprising sometimes how quickly three months rolls around and we're shipping the next one. So yeah, just like you, it's kind of a blur to me the how we've done it. I know 13 issues. Uh, like I look at the, yeah. the magazines behind us and I'm like, I think I we know. forget that we even do that. Like we're so into the work that yeah. we, we don't often come up for air and breathe and like celebrate and acknowledge like that we've created this and, and it's now become this entity that's so much bigger than us. What, what pops into my head is some of the ways that we feel the richer for it. And obviously we're active on Instagram as as many people are. The women that we have had in the magazine, they're on Instagram. We, we see the current things that they're doing. And I am just amazed sometimes when I look, do a scroll and how many women's lives we have insight and how we know the things that they're doing and we know what they were thinking. And I just, I think it's amazing that our network has has grown across Canada and the United States. And so I just find that amazing sometimes to, and I would count a lot of them as friends, like that's just amazing to me how that has grown, that they trusted us, 
they showed up in in their their full authentic vulnerability selves yep. and shared their stories with us and it, yeah and here we are again 13 issues in number 14 on the books you're going to start momentarily designing it yesterday and and, (laughs) and did you know that trailblazer when it first launched it was just canada we had we had launched it to just highlight canadian rural women and it wasn't short after that we're like oh my god we're missing out on on sharing more incredible stories and we really wanted to bridge that gap and unify rural women across north america and so do you remember which issue it was where we launched uh i think it was the with i think it was summer of 2021 okay uh that we had u.s gals in there too and never and, looked back since yeah. i mean and it's really interesting to know the similarities between canadian and u.s women and the differences too and they're all there we'll do a podcast on that yeah, totally. uh, someday like the the thinking is different a lot, a lot of the value system is very much the same the things that are the must-haves and the non-negotiables but sometimes the way they show up in their businesses is very different yeah and we know them go that's so we learn we get to learn and that's one of the angles that keeps growing us forward is we hear so many different things about how i'm running my business or ideas or how somebody started their subscription-based membership in this particular way so that's another bonus that we get is that continually learning from the women. I totally agree. I think that's been one of the biggest gifts since launching Trailblazer is, you know, I think of our life 10 years ago, us just plugging away in our own little studio, really Mm -hmm. remotely, just the two of us, like maybe launching an online course or doing a website, going Mm -hmm. out for coffee to meet a client. And now how our life is so full and rich because we're daily immersed in conversations with rural women like you said, the insight and the energy, the possibility, the dreams, like the challenges, we are so immersed in that. And that is such a blessing because we're constantly thinking of how, what ways can we bring all of this and package it for all to benefit from this unique rural perspective. And I think- Yeah, because we don't want to keep it to ourselves. Like this is- No. These are gold nuggets that we pick up every week, every month. And- we know that a lot of these ideas would immensely help another woman. So we're constantly looking for ways to, like Aaron said, package it and put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with the magazine, it's amazing too, to flip through, like I laugh at the design of their first issue. Like, really? Yeah. To me, it seems so archaic. Like I look at what i I'm hard on myself and I, I want to push myself every issue, but the design aspect is obviously important. But we've now, we can give ourselves some pat on the back on this episode. And I think we really should because women come to us and tell us like, it's on my bucket list to be in your magazine. And we hear words like, this is the most beautiful magazine I've ever seen. And we often don't let those com- compliments really sink in. We mm-hmm. just you say, thank you, thank you. And then we get back to working hard. But yeah. I'm really proud of what we've created in Trailblazer. And I'm really proud to be a medium, to be that voice for rural women and to acknowledge them. I think of all the women that we've met and been in conversation with. And my God, their lives and what they're doing deserve so much more recognition than we could ever give them. So 
in a way, I feel like we're we're never going to be doing enough, but this is where we're we're starting. Yeah, and I really want to add to that too is that I just really feel that there's a movement afoot, and we just trailblazer is the right thing at the right time in this day and age that we live in. There's just so many women doing incredible things with extra challenges that an urban woman does not have. Maybe in their businesses, they have to have, make sure that they've got productivity tools in place. Like they literally couldn't function with it because time is so important. Maybe you've got animals to feed and kids to run to activities, which you start adding all those extra things onto a plate. So we just really have a high regard as well. And like, we're just, we'll just rally. We will just keep flipping rallying for this because there's so many ways that the trailblazing women are adding positive aspects to society and the economy now, whole food recipes. You go to the grocery store, you look at packaging. You've got to start looking more for yourself on what's healthy. And there's just, anyways, I'll get off that tangent, but there's a lot that enterprising rural women are adding to the world. And we want as many people out there to hear and know about it and read about it and see the photography, see what rural looks like through the eyes of a rural woman. When you see the photographs in the magazine, like it transports you right there. Erin doesn't tend to read the magazines when they come off the press. I'm the first one. I'm going through them. I'm looking. I'm looking. And then I come to you. I'm like, is it good? <laughs> Any mistakes? I know how she asked me. What's wrong? What did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? What did we miss on the editing? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what's brought us to this point. And it's a work yeah. in progress. It's a work in progress. I don't think we, and also the financial, I mean, every issue for us is a financial risk. Like and that issue comes every three months. I think that's, we will always be amazed at how fast it seems like, okay, the issue's off to print. Okay, issue's shipped. Breathe. We can breathe. <laughs> and then it's not soon after, right? So yeah. so we've learned a lot in how to plan and and get ahead and not be so reactive in our business. I mean, a magazine, it's continual. You need quality content. We have high standards and it never stops. So it's yeah. this constant thing that we're feeding and, and evolving. You know, yeah. And you know what? We'll never run out of women for uh, no. the magazine. We haven't even scratched, scratched the, the surface, surface of what's possible and potential and ideas. We could have a magazine every month. We really filled could. to the brim. Yeah, we yeah. really could. Yeah. So yeah. we plan to be around for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So should we get into where the future of Trailblazer, like what does that sure. look like? I think this is really exciting because what we didn't, realize, especially when launching the podcast, is how this rural perspective, how digging deeper into these conversations with rural women would ignite a spark and inspire women living in cities. And so that has been feedback in the last couple of months that we're taking in and we're thinking, okay, let's not miss this. Is there an opportunity? What does this mean for yeah. Trailblazer? Yeah. Because the magazine was originally uh, about rural women. It'll always be about rural women. For yeah. rural For women. For rural women, yeah. And, um, you know, supported by rural women. And we're starting to see the edges of that be a little less defined. And we're noting it. It's one of the things that we really try and do is, is well, understand. Well, the four part. Yeah. Trailblazer will always be about the rural perspective. But what our surprise now and like opening our eyes to 
is that the content is universal. The values, the outlook, and the mindset of real women, women in the cities are craving this. And so we're now looking at how can we bring these stories, these mindset, these voices, these attributes of what it means to be a trailblazer through these stories to women everywhere, no matter where they live. So that's pretty exciting. I want to bounce back to 2015 before we talk about the future. We had already started this idea of trailblazer spelt the regular way that trailblazer would be spelled. Yeah. But we had a course through the years on go claim it trailblazer. Mm -hmm. We had discover your trailblazer traits. We were developing kind of a rich resource library on my computer of things related to it because coming from my former background as a life skills coach, skill building is something that is always uppermost in my mind. So if something is behavior or mindset, it can be um, reduced down to a skill that you can learn and build on. So we've identified some of the traits and attributes and values and life paths that a trailblazing woman would take. And we're along with the magazine, we're really looking at now, well, how can we help somebody else develop that in themselves? Maybe who doesn't live rurally, but likes what she's reading, likes what she's hearing, is starting to ask herself, well, how could I design and create my life to represent this kind of thinking? So yeah. That's, yeah. that's on our plate right now, that, too. That's exciting. So that that's the evolution and the possibilities for Trailblazer like just got a whole lot bigger. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be working at getting greater discoverability. How can we get Trailblazer into more hands yeah. of women who need this content? And also through the years, we, we've developed such a high standard of branding and writing and design and it's associated with this brand. We're now poised for and ready for global partnerships and collaborations and what that looks like. So I'm really excited about the f- what the future brings for Trailblazer Magazine and the podcast and how we can help other women explore what that means for them. So totally exciting. Yeah. And so we're working with some consultants out of the U.S. International right consultants. Yep. And, Fantastic gents. Oh, my gosh. And they have yep. worked with some of the biggest magazines, publications around the world. Their experience, I don't know if you added it together, it's probably over 60 years of experience. (laughs) So they're working with little old us in um, figuring out some of these things, some strategies, going back to lead the horse through the gate once the gate's been open forever and ever and the horse has been running wild for a while. Getting back to, but but, but they're training us to get back to the basics of like a magazine and the publishing industry. And we've had so many aha moments and oh my God, no, we're not doing this. Or yes, we are doing this. We're doing this right. So yeah, like they're out of all the businesses and the ideas that we've worked together through what, 24 plus years. This magazine has been the most daunting and scary and exciting and inspiring and fulfilling project ever. <laughs> I right? Know. Would you say? Ditto. Nope. <laughs> Ditto. I absolutely would. I don't have any other adjectives to add to that. I think it has utilized what we're both made of. It's mm-hmm. utilized our skills. It's utilized just our whole value system. It's taken everything of it's who all we that we are. are. Yeah. And so that also on the flip side of that makes it one of the most fulfilling, yeah. meaningful kind of things 
that we have ever done. I can't even think of anything that could come along and derail that. It's just so good. Well, yeah, and it's, it's important. So it's important for us to create something that's everlasting, and this will be a legacy. I I picture granddaughters and future generations sitting down, flipping through Trailblazer, and seeing this imagery and reading these stories of these rural women who, despite so many challenges yeah. and setbacks, that they're creating a meaningful life and building the dreams based on what they want for them and their families. And my yeah. God, that is. That is so needed. That is so needed. And the value that they're adding to the world, too. I think in a world of high consumerism and food supply chain and all the different things that are out there, objects that break as soon as you buy them versus something handcrafted and quality. Like there's so much value that enterprising rural women are adding that I just wish more people knew about because when you support a woman, in a rural location in her community it's her family it's her community she's probably employing like shipping like the impact of it goes off the ripple in effect. so yeah. many directions yeah 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 should we mention quickly why trailblazer will never be digital sure because <laughs> okay it. because we get asked this a lot we get asked this a lot because we've got our first couple issues that are yeah. sold out that we will do a reprint reprint one day of those sold out issues but the tangibility the feel of the premium paper like this is not just a rag mag that you read once and you throw out you're gonna you keep these you're gonna keep you're gonna collect them and yeah. refer back to them and it's timeless classic stories and so we will never go digital. We believe in the power of carving out a moment for yourself, whether that's <laughs> five minutes, 20 minutes in the bath with a cup of tea. Every woman needs to gift herself that time in a day and in a week. And to us, Trailblazer helps foster that moment. The ability to keep these, collect these, lend these, pass these down, that it's a lost art and something that is very valued by us. I couldn't have said it better. And I just love how you brought in the carve out your time for yourself because your phone is, your phone is set down, your feet are up, hopefully, and you're just in that moment. And then plus knowing that the content and the photographs and everything take you in to a different place. I, I actually think it's, it's rejuvenating. We know it's inspiring. That's the number one comment we get. Across the board, feedback is, I'm so inspired. There's goodness to that too. Like that's an, that's a value add to your life as well. It's not a gossip rag mag. It's not all these other things. It's no, just it's something timeless, meaningful, yeah, relatable. So yeah, we're a little biased with that, but I think we've had enough feedback through the years that this is something that's echoed to us all the time. Yeah. 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 Okay, we're rounding this out. But first, before we go, we have a couple of things that we did where we didn't see each other's answers. So we're going to quickly go through those. Cause yeah, do you remember the questions? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in the beginning, I asked mom, I said, write down two words that we had to be in order to like first launch this magazine. What are your two? Okay, gutsiness was one. And this one isn't one word. It's three, belief in ourselves. I think for me, oh, that's good. those were the two things that I think we had to have to kick it off. Yeah. What about you? I had gutsy for the okay. first one. And then the second one, crazy passionate, because okay. I think like that carried us through. All the times. All the times. <laughs> yeah. 
what has been the thing that surprised you most about being the creators of an international print magazine? How quickly the next issue is <laughs> due. I think that still boggles my mind. Is time speeding up? I don't know, but that's what I thought. What about you? I wrote down the exact same thing. <laughs> I said speed between issues. It's yeah. mind boggling. And so uh, anyone with a seasonal business, you know this, right? Like yeah. the fashion industry, you've got to constantly be ahead of it. So, but once we have a bigger team, it won't seem so daunting. So <laughs> third one, I asked her, can you write down what has been most surprising about launching Trailblazer? I wrote that when I see and hear how women are impacted by being in the magazine, it both continues to surprise me and humbles me. A lot of times we shed a tear when I might read an email or a note that came in. That. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's really good. I wrote down just I've been amazed by I never could have guessed the community of women who have rallied to support what we're doing and the women in the magazine and that on the weekly women are writing. It's my on my bucket list to be in the magazine. How can I get in the magazine? How can you publish my story? So, yeah, that's been most surprising because, you know, launching this, all we could see was that we were going to end up with a tangible product, a tangible print magazine. We never could have guessed the heart and support this like this just feeling of community through Instagram and the women that we meet in person and on Zoom, the conversations. I just yeah. think that is the greatest gift of all of us. It's feeling that connectedness to to our readers and our contributors. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add before we wrap it up, a shout out to Mountain View Printing in Calgary, Heck Alberta. Yes. They are our partners. And Gary is our man. And you know what? We should actually bring Gary on here one day. Maybe he could be our first male <laughs> guest. But Gary is is pivotal in being our printing partner and he brings Trailblazer to life, him and his team. When you touch the pages and the paper, like the quality is up there. It's top notch, world class. Yeah. yeah. And he never gets riled at things. Our demands or questions. <laughs> and we're really not. <laughs> demanding sometimes we just don't even know what we're what we don't even know (laughs) yeah so he's a really steadying force and we know that we can rely on him for delivery dates like his word is his word yeah um he rallies for us yeah yeah he's just amazing to work with so yeah shout out to gary shout out to mountain view printing (laughs) in calgary Yeah. yeah Okay, I think we're going to wrap up. I think so. If you have any other questions about the magazine, go to Instagram on the post for this and comment. We're, we're happy to answer anything else. If you're secretly wondering, should I launch a magazine? We'll totally do a Zoom call with you if you're looking for advice on more do's and don'ts. Oh, and I wanted to spell one rumor. I think somebody yes. asked us one yes. time if we... They pay- said how someone thought well, that you had to pay to be featured in the magazine. Yeah. And we were aghast. We were like, what? Because we pride ourselves on, we pick quality content. It's not content that's sold. We take such heart into choosing content. Yeah. Like you can't buy the cover. You can't buy the cover. You can't buy yourself no. into a feature article. No, uh, Those no. are all decisions that we make. Thank so. you for adding that. Yeah. It, really, it just kind of popped up. That hurt. Because, you know? oh my God, no. I'm, and I know a lot of, there's some big magazines who do that. But that will never be us. Like yeah. that, the meaning 
of a story will always lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you want to get Integrity. in the magazine. We have a place on our website where you can do a quick pitch. Sometimes people just start a conversation with us on Instagram. But even and, in 2024, yeah. there's going to be a lot more ways that you can share your voice amongst the community. So yes, watch not for that. just the magazine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, you guys. Jen and Aaron signing off. Yeah. See you again. <laughs> you did it. You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See See you next time, Trailblazers. Trailblazers.